Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com. We as White Sox fans, we are so just conditioned to disappointment. We're so used to whenever these free agents come out, it's always like always the bridesmaid, never the bride when it comes to these things. And so me, first of all, I know that I don't know if Jerry Reinsdorf is cheap or not, or if he wants to spend any money. I know that, like I said before, we never end up, even though we've been in conversation with a lot of these high profile free agents, we never seem to get them. And oh, come on. We got Albert Bell. <sighs> that was a big signing. There was a lot of money back then to 55 million. There are three at this point. You've got two free agents, two, as, as has been said, generational game changing free agents. Okay. And you now have three teams that are in the hunt. Somebody's going to get left out in the cold here. And why wouldn't it be the White Sox? It always always seems to be. We're not getting left out in the cold here. We're not. You're listening to Sox in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now. For Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. What you heard there at the beginning is my buddy Dave sitting at my bar just hours before Manny Machado went to the San Diego Padres and crushed the hopes and dreams of many a White Sox fan on this bleak week in White Sox baseball history. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm really piling it on, but, but let me tell you something right now. My father still yells. He still brings it up how in 1967, the White Sox couldn't come up with enough to go and get Hawk Harrelson. And if they would have, it would have been them winning the pennant that year. In 1967, he still holds on to it. And you can look back at many different moves, or I'm sorry, missed opportunities that the White Sox have had in your lifetime as a White Sox fan. And you remember them. They come to mind immediately. And that's what just happened. There is a good possibility that years from now, you'll be having a conversation. You'll be with friends. You'll be talking to your son or your daughter. You might be on the phone with your parents, your dad, and you having a conversation. And you'll be yelling about something going on with this team years from now. Whether or not Eloy turns out to be as great as we want him to be. Whether or not they start making a run in a couple of years. And it's going to come back on you. You're going to sit there and you're going to say, how did we miss out on Manny Machado? Now, I know that the people who didn't want him, this is a great day for them. They're like, oh, I don't like the guy who doesn't hustle. I don't like six war shortstop third baseman. I don't like players that have an excellent shot of being in the Hall of Fame. I don't like 26-year-old generational talents who are going into the prime of their career now after already amassing over 30 wins above replacement in their career and multiple all-star appearances. I don't like those guys because they rub me the wrong way when the reporter asked them after a World Series game, why didn't you run hard enough? And the guy goes, maybe I'm not Johnny Hustle. I don't like those guys because I I like to pick apart people and their personalities. I believe that everybody lives in some sort of a bubble, that I would somehow be a better person than him. Well, guess what? He's a great baseball player, 
and he would have been a great addition to this team. And anybody that doesn't think he was worth 10 years and $300 million needs to sit down, look at the average value that is given to a player that goes out and puts up the stats like him, and then look at the average payroll in Major League Baseball, and then look at the payrolls of teams that are going to the playoffs consistently and playing in the World Series and winning championships. And you have to realize there's money there for him, and then there's more money down the line for other guys. He wasn't going to be the only guy you signed. It's incredible to me that all of a sudden we have people that have, that have come up with this notion that if you sign Manny Machado to 10 years and $300 million, you'd never be able to sign Eloy Jimenez in seven years. Are you, are you kidding me? We were talking about signing both Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. And trust me, when we were talking about that, you know what the price for Manny Machado was? 10 years at $300 million. When the offseason started, every pundit with a brain estimated Manny Machado's worth and what he would get in the end as 10 years and somewhere between $300 and $310 million. If the White Sox know that's what he wants, then why do you string along a fan base for months? Why do you sit at SoxFest and tell us how you feel like you're going to get him? How horribly disappointed you would be, giving the impression that you're going to do everything to get him, and then you couldn't even come up with the offer that everybody knew he wanted from day one. I got to get this out. I've been upset all day long. I've been moping. My wife's been calling me a mope. I've been staring off into space. My kids are wondering what's wrong with me. I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to do. I'm crushed by this as a fan because my team has once again kicked me in the teeth. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. I don't currently have a uh, rant per se. Just, uh, I guess, a couple of comments. But I think ultimately, as a uh, as an organization, uh, the Sox have always kind of, especially given the fact that uh, we've kind of had this situation before where we're in on certain free agents. Uh, I mean, to my recollection, I don't know that they've ever been in fully as they were on Manny Machado. So uh, I'm glad that they were in, but I'm also glad that they didn't pay $300 million or more than that for him. Uh, I, I've seen him play uh, many times, and you know we see the home runs, we see great plays, but we don't see some of the other things that he does. And I just don't think that he was going to work out well in the Chicago market. And had we gotten him for $250, uh, maybe. Uh, but for $300 plus, I, I'd have to say no. So, uh, that's my rant. But, uh, nonetheless, uh, I love what you guys do and, uh, hope you keep doing it. Bye. They had an opportunity here to do something great. And I know you don't want to use the word cheap when we're talking about the fact that they offered eight years and $250 million. And then the possibility of it getting up to about 320 and you hear some reports, maybe even 350 with all these incentives, but it feels cheap because of what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to break down this contract. I'm going to explain to you why if I were Manny Machado, I would have gone to the Padres too. And why the White Sox should feel shame from top to bottom, anybody involved in this for not getting this deal done. Manny Machado takes an offer that is exactly what his agent said he wanted, 10 years and $300 million. And not only that, but in five years, he could say, you know what? I'm going to take the $150 million over five years, 
I'm going to keep that. I'm going to opt out because I got the opportunity to make more money. Or he could stay in and continue to make his money for his guaranteed $300 million. The man has security. He knows where he's going to be for the next 10 years unless he chooses to leave. And he knows he's got $300 million and his team can't mess with him at the back end of the contract like the White Sox were going to because this is what the White Sox offered. They offered $250 million over the first eight years. Turns out that was always right. We kept saying this on the show. I kept saying, I believe that's what the offer is. That's where it was. But then what they offer is the next two years, he can make $35 million a year over the next two years if he gets 550 at-bats. That's not guaranteed money. In fact, that tells me that the team is trying to pull a fast one. And if I'm Manny Machado, I'm insulted by that. And here's why. And I know people are going to say, God, it's a lot of money. Chris, how can you be insulted by that? Here's why. There is no guarantee, even if he's healthy, the White Sox give him the 550 at-bats. That has happened so many times so far in Major League Baseball where a guy has a vesting option, the team wants to get rid of him, and all of a sudden they can't find the at-bats for him. They start him in a platoon role all of a sudden because they want to get out of the contract. That money wasn't guaranteed. Instead of getting out in his early 30s like he could opt out in the deal with the Padres, he'd be mid-30s, and now all of a sudden getting bounced out while they cut his at-bats down and make it harder for him to make more money in those final years of his, of his career because they want to opt out of the contract. They would have the option to do it. If you don't believe that they would do it, you watch them not give 550 at-bats to Yonder Alonso now that he isn't worth anything to them going forward because his boy didn't come to Chicago. You watch him fall short, not vest, and this become a one-year deal for Alonzo. Him and Jay, one year, gone, and dealt halfway through the year if a team will take them. Who can I bet on that? Is there a bet somewhere? Can I promise to run naked backwards down Western Avenue if that happens? Because it's gonna. Manny Machado took the guarantee. He took the best deal. I was thinking about it today, and the only thing I could do is compare it to my own life. And maybe in smaller dollars, it'll make sense to people that don't understand this. I was a new young radio guy. I had been number one in the first two towns I was in. At 19 years old, I was the youngest morning radio guy in America. I was number one in the town I was in in all the demographics that meant something. And I got hired to another station where I was number one overall, 12 and over, all people that know how to use a radio, if you count them all. I'm on the number one station in town, and I get job offers constantly. And I get flown down to Fort Myers, Florida, and they're doing everything they can to make it exciting for me as a young, early 20-year-old guy. They take me out to the beach. They introduce me to hot girls. They wine and dine me, steak, whiskey. They have a girl from the station drive me around who's a perfect 10 because they're doing everything they can to make me fall in love with her. So I'll go into the contract negotiations wanting to work there. They make it as attractive as humanly possible, just like the White Sox did by bringing in Machado's family and friends. They talked a great game on the phone about how they were going to make sure that they took care of me and I was their number one priority. And when they got down to actually talking to me, they presented me with a contract where I could only negotiate with another station during the 24-hour period at the end of each year of my contract, that my contract would be automatically renewed at their own discretion every year, and that I could only negotiate for a raise during that 24-hour period. And that if I left them at any time other than that during that 24-hour period, there would be a penalty. Meanwhile, there was a station in Reno, Nevada that offered me a similar amount of money and guaranteed that money. They guaranteed, they gave me a two-year guaranteed contract. 
with no restrictions on it whatsoever, the ability for me to leave and not be at their disposal. Now, we're not talking in the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars like Manny Machado. We're just talking about some dude that's working in, 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 in radio stations in either Fort Myers or Reno, Nevada. I'm not making that kind of money. Which job do you think I took? Because I loved skiing in Reno. It didn't matter what they did. And you know what? They complained. They complained to the consultant agency that they didn't understand how I took the other job. The consulting agency was the consultant for both radio stations. And they told the consulting agency they couldn't understand because they know they made the best offer. That is a true story. I laugh at that just like I laugh at this. That's why I look at this deal and it annoys me. And the thing that bothers me the most is Kenny Williams. Kenny, I got to find a camera Williams. Pretending like, oops, look at this. They found me in his golf cart riding out to the reporters. He rode out to where the reporters were and didn't make an effort to get away from them, even though after he talked to them, he's like, well, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I'm not really the general manager. Rick should really be talking to you. He said that after he made all of his comments because he couldn't wait to find a camera, this guy. And, and he sits out there and it's so telling what he says. I know people are going to sit there and say, well, the White Sox didn't know. They didn't know about the final offer. There's conflicting reports about that. Well, guess what? If they didn't know, they should have known. That price tag was known to everybody from the get-go. They should have given it to them. But here's the thing that bothers me. We find out on Monday morning that Juan Moncada is moving to third and Yomer Sanchez is moving to second. And everybody goes nuts. The original show for Socks in the Basement this week was going to have James Fox on from the Loop Sports. We already recorded it. We were trying to talk people off the ledge saying, don't worry, the Sox are not going to do something stupid here and blow this Machado thing. It would be a disaster if they blew it. We laughed at the idea because we actually got sucked back into believing this team was something other than what it has proven to be for years and years and years. And Williams is asked in the opposite order, so it confuses him. But you can go back, you can find it. Find the video of him. Find the video of him floating around on the internet, sitting in his golf cart with his line like, I'm wearing my sunglasses because I don't want people to see how disappointed I am. Shut up. Here's what he says. He says that he went to bed that night and they discussed things that evening on Monday evening with Machado's people and he went to bed feeling he had the best offer. But when asked within 30 seconds of that, did you move Moncada? to third base because you knew this was going to happen. He said, and I quote, in part, it was because of that. Now, if you moved him in the morning and then had a meeting on Monday evening, I believe you know that you had one offer and the other offer was guaranteed and you convinced yourself you had made the better offer. And that was foolish. That was foolish. Stop telling me how Jerry came to the plate and brought everything to the table for the Chicago White Sox. Because you know what he didn't do? He didn't offer the contract that everybody with a baseball brain knew that Manny Machado wanted and deserved way back when free agency started months ago. So stop giving me that line. And don't pretend that this team was not aware that there were more guaranteed dollars possibly somewhere else. And that's why they came up with this last-minute thing on Monday night where they set up the whole thing with the incentives and this and that and the other thing. And they hoped, they convinced themselves they gave a better deal. They're that team in Fort Myers. They're that radio station in Fort Myers. They convinced themselves they had made it so wonderful for me that I wouldn't look logically at what was best for me in the long term. 
I mean, what's best for the player in the long term? Five years at $150 million. And then at that point, you can decide you want to take a better deal or continue for another five years at $150 million. And you don't need to worry about anything. If you get hurt, you don't have to worry about anything. Or do you want the White Sox deal? Eight years and 250. You come out looking for a new contract older where your value may be less because of your age and declining skills. And they hold over you whether or not they're going to keep you on a year-by-year basis for two years, messing possibly with your at-bats. What would you do? The White Sox knew that they were screwed on Monday morning. They knew it. They convinced themselves by talking to each other about it, about how it was all going to be better. But in the end, it was not the better offer. And then the spin that is done specifically in my mind to make White Sox fans turn on each other. So that the people who didn't want Machado will say, you see, we didn't want that selfish guy and the Sox did the best they could and we offered more money and screw him. And then the other people will sit there and say, but yeah, but why didn't we just offer him what he wanted in the first place? We know he's worth it and we know we have the cash. This thing hurt today. There's no other way to describe how much it hurt today. Okay, we, we got to pick up the pieces and keep going. Okay, and, and it's hard to do that. God bless the poor guys that have to call up and ask you if you want to have season tickets. Jerry Reinsdorf should save some money and send them home this week because they're not going to do anything for him this week. And if they're required to have a certain quota of season tickets taken care of this month, okay, you should just forget that. It's unfair to them to expect them to be able to perform in any way what you thought was going to happen. This is not the first time that I've gone through a Sox Fest and been sold on the idea this team was going to do something that it didn't actually do. And this is why I didn't buy season tickets yet. This is why when the ticket broker called me up and said, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe Sox of the Base will do a couple events. Maybe I'll rent this out. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get myself a 10-game plan. Maybe I'll get myself a 27-game plan. I don't know. I'm th- thinking about a lot of different things, sending me information. There's a reason. Because deep down in the back of my mind, I knew this was possible. In the, in, the, in the bottom of my heart, I knew this was possible. And the worst thing is if they would have just said at the beginning of free agency, we're still just rebuilding and we're not really interested in Manny Machado. If, if they wouldn't have been doing crazy things like FaceTiming with him during the opening ceremonies, leaving empty lockers next to his friends, they told the team, they told the team on Tuesday morning that they thought they were going to get him. How do you think that team feels now? What a demoralizing thing. You can look at this in six different ways and find six different things that are screwed up about this whole thing. How mishandled it's been from top to bottom. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You had the opportunity when the guys across town have an owner talking about how he doesn't have any more money, closing the window on their opportunities quicker than their fan base believed it. Going for the money with a big television deal at the exact same time that has people thinking they may not be able to watch the team or worrying about being able to watch all of the games. With their shortstop that has done horrible things and they keep justifying it to keep him on the team. You could have stepped up and made a huge splash here. And what did you, what was the worth of not giving him those extra, those extra years? If you really believed that he was worth it. If you in your heart believed Manny Machado was going to earn those last two years and get to that 320 or whatever that would have gotten him over to Padres' deal, why wouldn't you give him 300 actual less money and lock him up? Because you didn't believe he'd make it to 10 years, he knew you didn't believe it, and he knew you wouldn't give him it. And that's why he's in San Diego. There's things this team can do. We could talk about it. I hate the... I, and, and I almost I almost feel... 
I almost feel like like Han is like a wounded animal when you see him. Like he he had to look at Jerry Reinsdorf and say, why don't we just guarantee it? And Jerry Reinsdorf said something like, I won't go over eight years. The buck stops with Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Chicago White Sox. There is no way as this was going on that at any point Rick Hahn didn't look at Jerry and say, can we just give him the 10 years and 300 million? I can lock this guy up. And Jerry said no. Or he went to Kenny and then Kenny asked him and Kenny said no. Somewhere along the line, there was a no, but the no came from up top. And the quote that kills me is this from Rick Hahn. There is not a hard, firm number, limit, magic number when asked about how high the White Sox would go. Jerry Reinsdorf, for where he was willing to step up both in terms of guaranteed dollars, structure, upside, he should be commended for how aggressive he was at the end with us and allowing us the latitude to get to where we felt we put a very compelling deal together. Very compelling deal. Not the best deal. And stop giving him credit because he didn't step up enough or Manny Machado would be in a White Sox uniform. If you wanted him or not, the clown show that this was should disappoint you as a fake. And that's the beauty of this show. Those are folks calling in on our call-in line, 708-459-8406. You can call in any time, 24-7, 365. little machine voice comes in and says the caller is not available, leave a message, and then you leave it at 708-459-8406. The beauty of this show is we're all still fans. I'm not burning a jersey. I'm not, I'm not going to stop watching them, but I'm upset with them. Now, I made it very clear, even in the middle of last summer, Manny was my guy. I thought that he was going to really help the team, and I was willing to spend that money. I just think that's what the economics of baseball are right now. But some people have already decided it's okay. And and if we're going to decide it's okay, that's fine. But now we got to figure out what do we do next? What is this team this year? What do you expect out of this team this year? Do you think that they should go out and sign a couple of free agents that are still floating out there. There's a few names. And the funny thing is that the players union has tried to convince people that the system is broken and there's a hundred great major league baseball players out there that haven't been signed yet. And that aren't in camp. And I think that's the furthest thing from the truth because there's not a lot of big names that are still sitting out there after now Machado signed. You have Harper, Dallas Keuchel, who's asking for a lot of money and, and may have, you know, overshot his skis a little bit. Craig Kimbrell thought he was going to get six years and basically starting pitcher money for being a closer. 
So did he have unrealistic expectations? Possibly. You got some other interesting names on there, though. Adam Jones is still out there. Josh Harrison is still out there. Marwin Gonzalez is still out there. Gio Gonzalez is still out there. Could the White Sox make a move or two now with the money they would have spent on Machado? Look, this team had plans to spend $31 million if Manny Machado would have signed in 2019. He was getting $31 million because of the way the deal was structured. Now, Hans already said, well, we're not just going to spend that this year. Okay, I understand that. That'd be crazy. You spend $31 million on what's left out there, I'd be upset. I always said I didn't want Dallas Keuchel. I believe in the young pitching staff. That's something we've been on record saying. I know people want Harper, but I don't think Bryce Harper is going to take the deal that the White Sox offered Manny Machado, and I don't think the White Sox are willing to do anything better for Harper than what they did for Machado. And and, and so I don't buy that. I, I think that the Sox are out on Harper. I think the Sox thought that they could, in a depressed market, after watching what happened, really, and that's true with J.D. Martinez last year, that was going to happen again. But I don't think that that means that now all of a sudden they're going to find the money and they're going to give Bryce Harper all that money. I think it's far more likely what the White Sox go and do at this point is they could sign a Josh Harrison at second base because Mancata is clearly the third baseman and move Sanchez into a middle, you know, a middle infield utility role and get a nice, good, solid professional baseball hitter that that has played on teams that aren't very good and still shown that he plays well on those teams and contributes to them. He's a spark. He, he'd be kind of fun to watch. He's got speed. He's got power. He, and, he, and he plays second, and you could put him over there, give your team a little bit of a boost. You can go get an Adam Jones and put him in center field if you're unable to get this Jack Peterson deal done that they've been trying to do. Now, you could give those guys each one-year prove-it deals because guys are starting to take those now. Mike Moustakis, two years in a row now, has had to take one of those because spring training started and he was left without a chair. You could sign those guys to one-year deals. You can give them $10 million each. They take it. You've got the money. You got money to burn because you didn't get this deal done. So you could do that and give your team a little bit of a boost, which I think they need to do. Because I think, first of all, Yonder Alonso does not get 550 plate appearances now. I don't think that he makes sense for them in the long term. I don't think he'd be on the team if they weren't trying to get Manny Machado. I really believe him and John Jay are on the White Sox because they were trying to get Manny Machado. It was an interesting way of doing things, but it didn't work out. So I don't think they want him for two years. I think they want that money off the books, so they're not going to give him all those at-bats. So they got to find other places to get those at-bats away. And they can do it. But you could bring in some guys that would help this team. Andrew Jones would help this team. You could put him somewhere in the middle of your lineup. You're going to need that because you got a hole now. And don't tell me Eloy's going to come up and do a great job there. You don't know he's a prospect. He might struggle for the first month. Do you want to put that kind of pressure on a guy like that at this moment? I know he does great stuff. And I, I really, I, in my heart of hearts, think he's going to come up and just be great right off the bat. But we've seen it too many times where, where guys look really good and they come up and they struggle. On all teams, take the pressure off a little bit. Put some better professional hitters around him. I think that's the smart thing to do here. Add a few more professional hitters to your lineup to help the guys that are coming up this year, to help Eloy Jimenez. Bring in Adam Jones, bring in Josh Harrison, or Marwin Gonzalez, who could play second. Consider Gio Gonzalez as your fifth starter, although I don't think they'll do that now. I think they're, they're kind of high on Manny Benuelos. But you, you have this other money. 
sign a couple of these guys to one-year deals, get them in the camp, salvage a little bit with your fan base because your fan base is angry with you right now. I think that's the move that they're going to do. I think if they don't do that and they go they go into opening day with this roster, and the only thing you did in the offseason was add Yonder Alonzo, and you're telling people, and then Eloy will be here after we've manipulated his service time and cease by the end of the year. You're going to have a lot of people sitting around going, okay, well, what's the difference between this year and last year, really, except for Eloy? And I, I don't know if you want to put your fan base through that one more year, and I don't know if that's good for your team. You've got a nice bullpen. You've got a weakened central division. Let's let's still try to be a 500 baseball team. Let's start to build some wins and build some sort of winning culture. You can't do that with the team that you have out there currently right now. You can't. I would have thought you could do that with Manny Machado, but you can't. So now you got to find some more hits, some more runs, some more RBIs, some more power, some more stolen bases. You've got to find some things to do in your lineup without going out there right now with Yomer standing at second and Adam Engel out in center field to start your season. You, you, you have to do something now at this point to at least give your team, who you hurt, sitting there telling them, we're going to get Manny. I mean, the players thought they were getting him. With the exception of Timmy Anderson, who, who had to puff his chest out and be like, he's not taking my position. Everybody else was, I think, pretty excited about the possibility of him coming. And, and they were excited about the fact that the team was building. You have to worry about your clubhouse, too. There are guys you can go get that are probably a little annoyed they didn't make their money, who want to save face, and you have the money. Go give them a one-year prove-it deal, bring them in for spring training, get them on the team, let them help the team. That's what I would do. I think that's far more realistic than the idea that you're going to go chase Bryce Harper. I wanted to get more Dave, and I was hoping to call him, but he's... He's got a very busy schedule in the evening. We sk- we we have a certain time where we record the show, and honest to goodness, I, I spent 30 minutes talking about how uh, the White Sox are going to get Manny Machado, and I was sure of it. You know, I have to admit, there's a little bit of little bit of meat that's hurt by this because I, I I fell into the belief that they were actually going to do it. I don't think they gave their all on this. I know that there are people that are like, hey, I'm glad we were at the table, and that's great. I get it, but I I don't like losing. And I feel like we lost today. And that, that stinks. But we got it all of our system. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to push our guests. We're going to have a guest this week to talk about spring training. Tips about going down to spring training, places you can go, um, uh, things you should look for, how to interact with the players, things like that. It's a really good interview. And I'm saving it for next week because we had to talk about this. So that's coming up next week for sure. And and uh, you know, Dave will be back next week and we'll move on. We won't talk about... We won't talk about Manny Machado again. If, if anything, we're done talking. I think we have six or seven shows with Manny Machado's name in the title. We talked about him so much this offseason. So this is it. We're, we're going to take some dirt. We're going to throw it on him, and we're going to move on because that's the end of it. But the White Sox need to show me something now because I won't be sucked in again now. I wanted to believe that things were different. With the current economics of baseball and what the big name guys want, the White Sox need to prove it before I believe that they'll do anything. As big or on a scale as big as picking up a free agent like a Manny Machado or a Bryce Harper or Nolan Arenado next year or anybody else that's going to pop up of that caliber until they do it at this point, 
it'll be hard for me to believe when they're telling us they're, they think that they're the front runners because I look at those deals and they were never the front runner if they weren't willing to go to the price that the player said he wanted at the beginning of free agency. You want a low bid, great. But when you get to the final number and you're not willing to go to the thing he said he wanted, you are never really the front runner. We'll see you next week. Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nude is basement. Broadcast basement. The Nudist Basement The Broad Basement Slancha That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? (laughs) I felt like it Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcast can be found. And always on socksinthebasement.com.